Section 5 of Christian Science by Mark Twain. Read by John Greenman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 Let us consider that we are all partially insane. It will explain us to each other. It will unriddle many riddles. It will make clear and simple many things which are involved in haunting and harassing difficulties and obscurities now. Those of us who are not in the asylum, and not demonstrably do there, are nevertheless, no doubt, insane in one or two particulars. I think we must admit this. But I think that we are otherwise healthy-minded. I think that when we all see one thing alike, it is evidence that, as regards that one thing, our minds are perfectly sound. Now there are really several things which we do all see alike, things which we all accept, and about which we do not dispute. For instance, we who are outside of the asylum all agree that water seeks its level, that the sun gives light and heat, that fire consumes, that fog is damp, that six times six are thirty-six, that two from ten leaves eight, that eight and seven are fifteen. These are perhaps the only things we are agreed about, but although they are so few, they are of inestimable value, because they make an infallible standard of sanity. Whosoever accepts them, him we know to be substantially sane, sufficiently sane, in the working essentials sane. Whoever disputes a single one of them, him we know to be wholly insane and qualified for the asylum. Very well, the man who disputes none of them we concede to be entitled to go at large. But that is concession enough. We cannot go any further than that. For we know that in all matters of mere opinion that same man is insane, just as insane as we are, just as insane as Shakespeare was. We know exactly where to put our finger upon his insanity. It is where his opinion differs from ours. That is a simple rule, and easy to remember. When I, a thoughtful and unbiased Presbyterian, examine the Koran, I know that beyond any question every Mohammedan is insane. Not in all things, but in religious matters. When a thoughtful and unbiased Mohammedan examines the Westminster Catechism, he knows that beyond any question I am spiritually insane. I cannot prove to him that he is insane, because you never can prove anything to a lunatic, for that is a part of his insanity, and the evidence of it. He cannot prove to me that I am insane, for my mind has the same defect that afflicts his. All Democrats are insane, but not one of them knows it. None but the Republicans and Mugwumps know it. All the Republicans are insane, but only the Democrats and Mugwumps can perceive it. The rule is perfect. In all matters of opinion, our adversaries are insane. When I look around me, I am often troubled to see how many people are mad. To mention only a few, the atheists the infidel, the agnostic, the baptist, the methodist, the christian scientist, the theosophists, 
the Swedenborgians, the Shakers, the Millerites, the Mormons, the Lawrence Oliphant Harrisites, the Catholic and the 115 Christian sects, the Presbyterian accepted, the 72 Mohammedan sects, the Buddhist, the Blavatsky Buddhist, the Nationalist, the Confucian, the Spiritualist, the 2000 East Indian sects, the Peculiar People, the Grand Lama's people, the monarchists, the imperialists, the democrats, the republicans, but not the mugwumps, the mind-curists, the faith-curists, the mental scientists, the allopaths, the homeopaths, the electropaths, the blank. But there's no end to the list. There are millions of them, and all insane, each in his own way, insane as to his pet fad or opinion, but otherwise sane and rational. This should move us to be charitable towards one another's lunacies. I recognize that in his special belief the Christian scientist is insane because he does not believe as I do, but I hail him as my mate and fellow because I am as insane as he insane from his point of view and his point of view is as authoritative as mine and worth as much that is to say worth a brass farthing upon a great religious or political question the opinion of the dullest head in the world is worth the same as the opinion of the brightest head in the world a brass farthing how do we arrive at this it is simple the affirmative opinion of a stupid man is neutralized by the negative opinion of his stupid neighbor. No decision is reached. The affirmative opinion of the intellectual giant Gladstone is neutralized by the negative opinion of the intellectual giant Newman. No decision is reached. Opinions that prove nothing are, of course, without value. Any but a dead person knows that much. This obliges us to admit the truth of the unpalatable proposition just mentioned above, that, in disputed matters political and religious, one man's opinion is worth no more than his peers, and hence it follows that no man's opinion possesses any real value. It is a humbling thought, but there is no way to get around it. All opinions upon these great subjects are brass-farthing opinions. It is a mere, plain, simple fact, as clear and as certain as that eight and seven make fifteen, and by it we recognize that we are all insane as concerns those matters. If we were sane, we should all see a political or religious doctrine alike. There would be no dispute. It would be a case of eight and seven, just as it is in heaven, where all are sane and none insane. There there is but one religion, one belief. The harmony is perfect. There is never a discordant note. Under protection of these preliminaries I suppose I may now repeat without offense that the Christian scientist is insane. I mean him no discourtesy, and I am not charging, nor even imagining, that he is insaner than the rest of the human race. I think he is more picturesquely insane than some of us. At the same time I am quite sure that in one important and splendid particular he is 
much saner than is the vast bulk of the race why is he insane well, i told you before it is because his opinions are not ours i know of no other reason and i do not need any other it is the only way we have of discovering insanity when it is not violent it is merely the picturesqueness of his insanity that makes it more interesting than my kind or yours for instance consider his little book the little book exposed in the sky eighteen centuries ago by the flaming angel of the apocalypse and handed down in our day to mrs mary baker g eddy of new hampshire and translated by her word for word into english with help of a polisher and now published and distributed in hundreds of editions by her at a clear profit per volume above cost of seven hundred per cent note february nineteen o three this has been disputed by novices it is not possible that the copy possessed by me could have cost above thirty-seven and a half cents i have been a printer and bookmaker myself i shall go into some particulars concerning this matter in a later chapter m t a prophet which distinctly belongs to the angel of the apocalypse and let him collect it if he can a little book which the c s very frequently calls by just that name and always enclosed in quotation marks to keep its high origin exultantly in mind a little book which explains and reconstructs and new paints and decorates the bible and puts a mansard roof on it and a lightning rod and all the other modern improvements a little book which for the present affects to travel in yoke with a bible and be friendly to it and within half a century will hitch the bible in the rear and thenceforth travel tandem itself in the lead in the coming great march of christian scientism through the protestant dominions of the planet end of chapter five